0: you can be teachable uh, we've kind of worked our way through here from um, about verse four or so uh, we'll get to verse nine in just a minute uh, these uh, these phrases you've probably heard they're probably familiar to you you know th- phrases like you can't teach an old dog new tricks right well actually we've learned that when there's brisket fat involved you can teach an old dog anything all right so Uh, Or maybe you've heard somebody say, I've had this habit since I was in elementary school. Or maybe you've heard people say, well, you know, people just have to accept me the way I am, right? If You've heard people say this, basically what they're saying is this, I don't want to be something or I don't want to do something different. Now, to be fair, we shouldn't be forcing our expectations on others we do need to accept people the way they are more or less of course but our our non-forcing and and our acceptance also needs to be filtered through scripture what it says from verses four down to verse nine uh, paul has been talking about living a, a a particular life in christ and that's been our focus in christ because if you've trusted Christ as Savior, you are in Christ. So you, in Christ, you can be joyful. And in Christ, you can be gentle. And in Christ, you can have peace. And in Christ, you can have the proper perspective on your thoughts. This is part of that abundant life that is being offered to everyone who knows Jesus as their Savior. Uh, it's life life to the full right now it's not a prosperity gospel it is something that jesus promises us we don't have to wait until eternity to enjoy the eternal life the abundant life that we have we can step into each day knowing that that we can be these kind of people now Uh, however to have this life there's just kind of one more thing one more attitude Uh, in Christ that we need and 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 Paul tells us this in verse 9 so if you're in Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 look at it it says those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you now this is an attitude of uh, of being teachable it's having a teachable attitude a willingness to be teachable if you're not joyful, if you're not gentle, if you're not at peace, uh, if you're lacking perspective on where your thoughts should be, and at the same time you have this attitude that, well, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, I've had this attitude since I was a kid, or people just have to accept me the way I am, if you're not willing to be teachable, then everything we've covered, we've focused on for the last several Sundays is going to be useless to you, all right? Now that. Might sound blunt, but it's but it's deliberate because Paul is being very blunt here. He's being very deliberate here. He starts by offering uh, this life in Christ, which is of course appealing to those that know Christ as Savior. Uh, I mean, who doesn't want to to live a life that is joy filled, right? Who doesn't want to live a a a life where where because we're honoring Christ, we are gentle with other people. Who doesn't want to have their, their, their life peace-filled? I do. I like peace. I like peace and quiet, all right, by the way. If we're going to live for Christ, who doesn't want to have a God-honoring perspective on our thought life? I mean, if this is the life you want in Christ, then you're going to also need to be teachable how teachable well paul uses four words here to describe the type of and if i'd make up a word teachability right, that we need the first one you look at verse nine these things which ye have both learned so we're going to look at learned received heard and seen the first one is learned Now we see this word in matthew chapter 11 verse 29 where where jesus is speaking and, and he says take my yoke upon you and learn learn of me for I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest under your souls now what's Jesus talking about here Uh, the yoke puts two animals together Uh, in this case it's an older animal and a younger animal the purpose is for the older one to teach the younger one as they work together on how to pull this yoke which is going to pull a wagon or it's going to pull a plow something like that Uh, this learning has a very specific focus in order to teach this younger animal you need an older experienced animal one that is powerful but one that also has a mild personality i mean they would pull in the yoke and they would teach by their example the young animal what to do and how to do it the young animal would learn the commands Uh, so that as they grew they would be a profitable animal as they pulled the plow or they pulled the wagon. Right? We are yoked to Jesus. We learn from him. He is our example and actually as, as, as we're yoked with him, he does most of the work. So we can rest in him. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 14 and 15. Paul is talking to Timothy here he says but continue thou in the things that thou hast learned he says and hath been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus Now, while we learn we must be aware of who we are learning from If you learn from the wrong people it can be disastrous I mean you don't learn to drive in America by going over to Britain and learning to drive on the wrong side of the road right that wouldn't be wise you don't learn to read by somebody who doesn't know how to read you don't learn auto mechanics from somebody that's never turned a wrench you don't want to learn to cook from somebody that's never boiled water when you want to learn something, you find someone who can teach you both the proper content and the proper application of the content. Those who want to learn scripture need to make sure they are learning from scripture-centered people. But if we're going to be teachable, we we have to learn. Now, the next word is received. Now this shows up several times, uh, one that we'll look at, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it's the end of the book, it's called the resurrection chapter very often. Uh, verses 1 through 4 it says this, moreover brethren, this is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye also received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that... Keep in memory what I preached unto you, and lest ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, he says. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Receiving is very much focused on scripture and it's very much focused on scriptural teaching. Receiving the truth, receiving the word, studying and growing, being equipped to understand the material that you've been given. That was the primary ministry of Paul, and it was a ministry which equipped so very many on his missionary journeys. It, 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 it's an aspect of life which never stops. It should never stop learning the things of God. Receiving means having this lifelong willingness to listen to the word being taught by, by, by teachers and preachers who are godly in acts chapter 18 uh, verses 24 to 26 we see apollos uh, we meet him a couple of times apollos he is still learning now it says this in verse 24 to 26 of, uh, of acts 18 he says that and a certain jew named apollos born at alexandria an eloquent man and mighty in the scriptures came to ephesus This man was instructed in the way of the Lord, being fervent in the spirit. He spake and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, whom when uh, Aquila and Priscilla had heard, they took him unto them and expounded unto him the way of God more perfectly or, or more completely. They taught him, we could say, are you ready? The rest of the story. Alright, he he needed some, some gaps filled in. Now we we see Apollos being willing to be taught. See, there's there's an unteachable arrogance about those who think they have nothing to learn from other people. Oh, it passes itself off as some kind of spirituality, but really it's not. There's a haughtiness to that attitude of I will not let you teach me anything and if we differ then of course you're the one that has to be wrong and not me if you think that 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 godly authors of past decades or godly authors of past centuries aren't worth your time just because you have jesus and you have your bible it shows an arrogant unteachable spirit now of course the word of god is our final authority for faith and practice what we believe and what we do of course it is we live by that we will die by that but if you think the insights of great saints of God are below you then you are not even as Apollos who was willing to be taught by those who were qualified to do so. See, giants of the faith, great saints of God, men and women through history that God used greatly were willing and they were learning from others. See, Proverbs 19.20 says, hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. See, it's unwise to think that you have nothing left to learn. It's unwise to refuse to receive instruction. It's unwise to think that what you believe is correct only or just because you believe it and you're comfortable with it. And all this time, while you are learning, you also need to be, you must be, discerning while you're learning. In Acts 17, verse 11... Speaking of the Bereans, it says these were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether these things were so. You must filter what you hear and you must filter what you read through scripture. As long as it passes muster with the word of God, then you glean from it what you can, you toss out what you don't, spitting out the bones, so to speak, we could say. Those who are teachable make sure that they are receiving the word of God, but it always, as they receive what they, they, let me back up, they filter it through the word of God. They filter what they hear through scripture. Now the next word we see here is heard. This is a common word in the New Testament. 427 times this word heard shows up. And it doesn't just refer to hearing scripture only, but to hearing a person's life like you would at a, at a casual dinner? Uh, what do they say in a, in a relaxed atmosphere when they're in their element uh, or, 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 or when they're out shopping or, or doing something else? What kind of language comes out of their mouth? What jokes do they tell? Uh, what are their responses to different situations? Now this is a huge thing for Paul to get people to respond to now it's one thing to say listen to me preach the scripture you know what you have received it's quite another to say listen to me preach with my life which is what he is saying here what have i I need you to quiet down william thank you what you have heard from the way that i live paul says so being teachable places a responsibility on all of us to be saying and living the truth which is consistent and it isn't easy and it creates a challenge for us but the difficulty has never been a deterrent and it's not to be a deterrent for us but we lose credibility and and we We dilute our ability to preach the gospel when when what we say and what we do isn't isn't consistent. We see this when our children learn from both our good and bad examples. Say somebody cuts you off in traffic and a word slips. It only slips once. And now it's a permanent part of your three-year-old's vocabulary. And they like using new words. And they use them correctly. Right? Yeah. Those who are teachable recognize the importance of honestly speaking consistently, not with just their voice, but with their life. Honesty means accepting and admitting sin and failure, owning up to it, confessing and repenting so that you are consistent with your life. And the next word we see is seen. All right, we have learned, we have received, we have heard, and we have seen. Another common word, 476 times this word shows up. This is not just about seeing the ministry. It's not just about seeing your church. It's not just about seeing what you have learned. It's about seeing life itself, what you see all the time. Now, who was Paul when nobody was looking? Well, from every indication in scripture, he was the same person as if everybody was looking. Now, it isn't easy to be consistent in our character because we are people who mess up. We still have this sin nature we deal with, but we are supposed to be the same in our behavior no matter who or if anybody is watching or not because God is always watching. He always sees everything one example let's say that you take the kids to Fred's they're all excited to go shopping I mean after all they might get some candy right so in their exuberance they open the car door way too fast and way too hard and it dents not just dents but dents the car part next to you and you know it did so what do you do do you own up to it do you leave the note or do you throw the kids back in the car and find another spot to park in hoping nobody saw you the philippians had seen paul's life they had seen the consistency of character he was the same man even in different situations and we are to be that way as well. Those who are teachable recognize the importance of honestly living consistently. And honesty also means forgiveness in action or even seeking forgiveness when necessary. So this, this, this is the call. What you have learned, what you have, have received what you have heard, what you have seen, Paul says, put that into practice. Now this is another imperative. It's a command. Start putting the learning, receiving, and hearing, and seeing, and then keep putting the learning, and hearing, receiving, and seeing into practice. Make it a part of your life. And it's never too late to start this. We know that God's grace is new every day and that this uh this growing in christ thing this being saved this being a christian it's never going to be finished in this life you know if you know christ is savior right now you're going to be saved for the rest of your life so you ought to be making some plans to do it right to do it correctly to do it in a way that honors god we fix our eyes on Christ. We we run with perseverance, which sounds really hard. I tried in high school running cross country and I got tired and I didn't want to do it. I went to hurdles, high and low hurdles, but anyways. I, I didn't have the perseverance to run cross country. It is a hard thing to do, and and God understands that running our race with Christ takes perseverance. It takes endurance, and it is a hard thing to do. So Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, finishes with an encouragement for us, and the God of peace shall be with you. Look at what it says in verse 9, and the God of peace shall be with you. And that sounds kind of familiar, right? Well, it should because it comes partly from verse 7, the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's familiar, but there's an important difference. In verse 9, it is not a gift, this peace of God. In verse 9, this is a promise. The peace of God is with you. If you're taking what you have received from the word of God, from reputable godly men and women through the centuries, uh, as you study the word of God itself and the spirit of God gives you that understanding, as you have learned and received and heard and seen, as you begin to do these things, the peace of God is walking with you. It is present with you. It is among us all. It is in companionship with you right now. Now, it is important to look to others that can teach you, that you can learn from. And you need to be humble enough to admit that you need that teaching because you do need that teaching. But ultimately, all right, ultimately, your level of willingness to be teachable is directly connected to how willing you are to put into practice what you have learned and received and heard and seen from God himself. Okay, William, if you're going, I need you to go. Otherwise, I need you to sit. I don't need you to say anything. Just, just go or sit. Okay? Go or sit. Just go or sit. Thank you, William. You're, you're interrupting. I need you to go or sit. Go or sit, please. Thank you. Now, Ultimately, it depends on learning from God Himself. It is because He is the one who is going to guide your way. He is the one that has promised to and has given His Holy Spirit to indwell you and to strengthen you. I mean, He's the one. God, our Father, is the one that is going to walk with you through this life. He is the one who gave his son so you could be in Christ in the first place. And now that you are in Christ, you you can be teachable. You need to be teachable. You had better be teachable. Because not willing to submit to the teaching of the word of God, you have no promise of peace. Even as a child of God, in rebellion temporarily, of course, to your heavenly father, he is not going to allow you to be at peace in that rebellion. No, there, we, we need to be teachable, and with that teachable comes, teachableness comes, comes a humility. God, whatever it is you have for me, please give it to me. And give me the attitude and, and the foresight and, and the discernment to know that it's from you and that I need it and I want it because it comes from you. So yes, in Christ we can be joyful. And in Christ we can be gentle with others. In Christ we can be at peace despite the circumstances around us. In Christ, we can have the right perspective on our thoughts and we can control our thoughts and have them be Christ-honoring. But in Christ, we must also be teachable. So we must learn the things of God. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, again, we want to thank you Uh, for your word we thank you for its authority and we thank you father that we live in a day and age where we have uh, really innumerable resources to help us in the understanding of your word help us father to be wise enough to take advantage of those but father help us also to realize that it's your word that's the authority and it's your word that has life that it's your word that has uh it has the power it is how our faith is strengthened and i pray lord that that as we do not love your word enough that you work in us almost an unquenchable love for the things that your word contains father reveal the sin that is in our life that we can confess it and repent of it that we'd move closer to you in our walk and as we read and study your word, I pray, Father, that we would be teachable and that you would be our teacher. That while we'll not achieve everything in this life, but Lord, we can make some good progress. And we can be closer to you and we can learn more about you. And our relationship can be strengthened with you by what we know of your word. Please, Father, accomplish your will in us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Mike, would you come ahead?